Here's the Smart Retirement Cast brought to you by Smart Retirement Media. Now, here's your hosts, Mike and Matt. All right, Smart Retirement Cast listeners, we're back with another great show. Thanks so much for all your your likes. And for those of you that are subscribing to our show, it is so exciting for Matt and I to be a part of this community with you. But as we produce these shows, we're seeing more and more every month that more people are downloading and starting to follow us in this community. Very, very exciting. Also very exciting, much like any other show we've had in the past, I've got Matt Hollander with me here in the flesh in California today. We're recording live together in the stove. In the studio. <laughs> it's kind of nice to uh, get out of the heat in Arizona that uh, we are kind of slowly cooling down a bit, but I think it's what, 70 degrees outside today, Mike? It's, uh, it's really it's, nice out. It's a perfect central coast today. Um, you're here on business. Absolutely. And we got to stay true to our, our listeners and keep these shows coming. In fact, if you've listened to the first part of this show, the um, top 10 mistakes you can make in retirement, this is the second part, six through 10. So um, we're going to go ahead and kick off these last five. But before we do, we've got a couple more listeners that have written us requests and, and into the show that we can talk about today. The first one here is um, in front of me. It's Deborah from, uh, she didn't list her, the city she's from. I think she was trying not to give too much information because she's in a little bit of a tight spot, but Deborah has a father that recently passed away and she's learning that once a family member, a parent or spouse or loved one that you don't share accounts with passes away, it's very difficult to have access to their funds to start prepping for things like the funeral and other things that are coming up. So Matt, her question is, is there anything else out there that could help her now or better yet help our listeners prepare for their parents passing away that would give them access to funds? Because she's, she's kind of locked up. The bank won't let her access any of his funds and she doesn't have any access to another type of savings account. So what, what else is out there for our listeners? That, that's a great question. And Deborah, again, I'm uh, sorry to hear about your father, but, uh, you know, that's that kind of goes right along with what I was talking about in uh, our last show about being prepared and, and planning properly. And I think that's a step that some people unfortunately don't really think about is they get themselves through retirement, then, but then need to figure out how to pass on these assets uh, to their loved ones. And unfortunately, when we run into scenarios with uh, death, most companies or banks or anything like that are going to need some type of death certificate to prove that, you know, that, that loved one is gone. Right. And unfortunately, I don't know if you know this or not, Mike, but it, that can take anywhere from like on average six to eight weeks. Mm. Right. So let's say there's not money set aside that uh, you've got access to to bury your loved one now. Where's the money going to come from? Right. Usually it's going to go on plastic. Right. And they hope that you get reimbursed. Right. But in today's world, I mean, you've got the average funeral, I think, is probably somewhere around 15 grand. Plus, you've got all the extra expenditures uh, that could add five, 10 grand onto that. So, I mean, if we're around 20, 25 grand, 
some people don't even have that available on a credit card. Right. Right. Yeah. So that's going to create some issues as well. And then you've got some that, um, you know, you've got multiple uh, family members. And with that, you know, it's who's going to pay for this and how are they going to get reimbursed at the yeah. end of it? So, so now you're, you're creating a T-chart and accounting. And right. So, I mean, it's just a lot of work that doesn't need to happen. Unfortunately, in your position, if, if there wasn't anything done prior uh, to your dad passing away, really there, there's nothing that can be done. Um, you know, we see a lot of the times people put their kids on their bank accounts. Terrible, terrible idea. Uh, for any of our listeners that are out there, do not do that. Uh, God forbid something happens to one of your kids and they get sued. Your assets are now their assets. So be careful with that. Um, there are ways that you can set up separate accounts, much like a savings account, where you can earmark these funds to go direct to your beneficiaries within 24 to 48 hours of you passing away. The funeral director just uh, signs off on this. So again, that goes right back to my prior planning. Uh, step number five that we talked about in our last episode is make sure that you're having these conversations for final expenses with either myself or your current financial advisor. That way you're not being in the same predicament that we're, that we're seeing here. So great question there. Um, Mike, I've got one question that came in here from Jared in, uh, it looks like he's down in San Diego. Um, Jared bought a home with an adjustable rate mortgage in 2013. And it looks like his mortgage is coming due here. And right. he's wondering in, in today's rate environment, what should he do? Should he? Yeah. Many of the people. So great question, Jared. And thanks for listening all the way down in San Diego. I think that the, the adjustable rate market has a place in everyone's uh, portfolio. Many times I'm seeing this like in 13 I don't know. Jared didn't really disclose his rate. No. Yeah. Uh, he probably has something below a 3% interest rate in 2013, seven, one adjustable rate mortgages were going right around 3% for a 30 year amortization schedule. That first seven years, the interest rate is low. It's like the teaser rate period, Matt. And then following that from year, even though it was teaser rate, it's, it's, he was paying principal and interest. So he okay. was chipping away at the balance, which is nice. One of the things we always talk about on the show is equity and liquidity, right? How much leeway he's down in San Diego, California. So pretty sure he's got some nice appreciation going on down there with all the, the jobs and that economy down South, but he's got a decision to make now where I always talk with clients about this. The market is really good right now, but it doesn't really matter what 30 year mortgage rates are. If you're going to stay in the property for only two more years right? If he's going to stay in this property for five, seven, 10 more years, it makes a ton of sense to pay the transactional fees sure. to go through escrow, pay some bank fees and get that mortgage that will adjust up or down into a 30 year fixed mortgage. Right now, 30 year fixed mortgages with 30% equity are at 3.625%. That's crazy um, low. Yeah. The APR on that varies depending on you know, how you're occupying the home, if you're an investor or you're, you're a homeowner living in the home, what your FICO score is. But if you are a 720 FICO score and you're going to live in this house and you're just going to swap out the paper mat, meaning getting the loan that exists on the title to be with Central Coast Lending 
and do a new loan, you're going to see a 3.625 interest rate with almost no cost to get that rate at all. So not knowing a, a ton about, you know, being skilled in all the different type of mortgage products and things that are out there, Mike, if he was thinking if he's going to stay in the house for six or seven years, is it a possibility that he should look at doing another adjustable rate mortgage instead or, or does the third yeah. year make more sense? We look at that right now. We've talked about this before in one of our other shows. The, the yield spread is such that there's no real benefit to taking on the risk of where the economy might be in seven years. Okay. The rates on a 7-1 adjustable rate mortgage are exactly the same, if not somewhat worse than a 30-year mortgage. So lock it in for 30 years, know exactly what your interest is going to be. That way you're not in this boat in seven years from now where the economy could be up or down and the rates could be higher or lower. You just right. know exactly where you're going to be. And in seven years, if the rates are lower, you could always just refinance. You could do that. You absolutely could. You know, here's what's so funny about the American economy. In the in, After 1920, during the, following the Great Depression, we created these 30-year right. amortization notes. Everyone else in the world does adjustable rate mortgages because it's the most pure reflection of what the economy is doing in your area. So if the economy is doing bad, you would go get a refinance right before your seven-year schedule and your rates would be lower because sure. the economy is doing bad. Now, if the economy is doing white hot, you're like, hoping please, that it goes down within the next year, right? Yeah, or, or what you would do is as it's going from lukewarm to white hot during that time period, you can refinance at any time. Sure. You try to extend your period through that white hot zone. You don't want to come out of a adjustable rate period and then go into the, the worst income rate period you can, unless you're making money hand over fist, it's not going to bother you. Last thing I want to just say to Jared is also we would look at maybe you're at eligible for a reverse mortgage, or maybe you're at that stage in your life where we should look at You've got so much equity. Let's look at an interest-only payment, and um, you know, focus on other things with the principal you would have been paying to your mortgage. Maybe we can put those into a life insurance policy. Perfect. Maybe we can put them into retirement savings. So, great question. It's a right time of year to look at that because in twelve and thirteen and fourteen adjustable rate mortgages were very attractive. And remember, listeners, if you've got any other questions and things that are on your mind, uh, feel free to. To give us a call at 866-53-RETIRE. Again, that's 866-53-RETIRE. Or send us an email at info at smartretirementcast.com. And uh, Mike and I will be happy to, to field your questions. Uh, don't even really need a, even a name, uh, kind of like right. what we saw today. It's, that's not important. If, if you've got a question, I can almost assure that there's other people out there that have a similar question you do it. That's our goal here on the Smart Retirement Podcast is to educate you and create a bunch of smart retirees. So uh, Mike hinted at it earlier. We're going to be completing uh, our top 10 uh, mistakes that retirees make. And why don't we just go ahead and get that kicked off? So retirement mistake number six that we're seeing is downsizing too soon. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't a bad idea a few years ago, you know, when, especially when the market was such that, you know, you, you may not have had so much equity, but um, the cost of real estate is just nuts. California is crazy. I mean, the only way you can live in California is if you can afford it. And many people are leaving the state, but you know, if, 
if you treated the equity in your home like a retirement fund and you go and sell that house, now you've got all this cash on hand. Right. You know, what are you going to do, do with, with it? it right? right. You've created a cash problem. Yeah. And then the other thing that, you know, we talked about last show is if you've got that bigger home and you're like, okay, I don't need this much space, I'll go back to creating some extra income for yourself. You know, I had mentioned that maybe you build an addition on, you live in it and you rent out the remainder, the remainder of the house. But if you've got some acreage and stuff too, especially if you're up in like the North County of San Luis Obispo, you've got, you know, some, some land there, maybe consider renting out some of the land for storage for some people, maybe put a, you know, uh, build an apartment on it, start running that out, create right. some rental income for you. I mean, of course, check with zoning and things like that with the county, but um, <laughs> yeah. you know, there's, there's different things that you could be doing uh, without necessarily downsizing. Yeah. And yeah. You know, you're going to run into the, the issue there is, okay, we've got this nice large house. We're now going to sell. We've got some equity. Now we're going to go out and buy something smaller that might not hold its value as well mm-hmm. when the market turns around and goes the opposite direction, which, Eventually, you know, we, we, we will have a correction. So, um, right. You know, so I think that's, that's key is planning on when you're going to downsize and, you know, talk to myself as a financial advisor, talk to your mortgage expert and kind of see what everything looks like in, in today's environment. Yeah. I would also agree. I have a great relationship with a real estate agent. Um, if you're in California, I'd be happy to recommend one to you. And Matt, I know, you know, a couple of Arizona. Arizona. Yep. Um, and for those of you outside of the states, those states we just mentioned listening, um, I can help recommend anyone in any of those states to you. But what I find, especially from just going through this with my in-laws, is that the house can be on the market a lot longer than you anticipated. Oh, yeah. Many people that are in the retirement age are living in that dream home, have been for the last 20 years, and now they're downsizing out of it, right? That's what we're bringing up. Right. So those are more luxurious homes. And they sit on the market for six months. So be ready and understand what your real net cash has to be. Don't make it that listing price. And if you get any less than that, you're not going to be happy because it's likely that you're not going to get what you list for right now in this environment. Makes sense. <clears throat> All right. Retirement mistake number seven, retiring too soon. But I've been working forever, Matt. <laughs> I've been working forever. Why do I have to I think in the last longer? show you said you wanted to retire at what, 58, 59, I think is what you had said. 58 but... or 59 is the goal. Yeah. I'm 39 as of last week. So, I mean, this really is an interesting one because it, it really depends, right? Do you know how long you're going to live, Mike? I have no idea. Right. And I don't have a crystal ball. So we have to prepare for the unexpected and unexpected being living way longer than you thought you were going to. I mean, with today's medicine and things, people are working longer. They're having to retire with more money. Um, Yes. You know, so it's crazy that uh, I think it's like three out of four, 75% of people uh, that are eligible for social security benefits will actually run out and turn on the social security benefit at 62. I know. I just had a conversation this morning before we went on this recording air live and I, a new um, buyer was referred to me from one of my agents and they said she is retired as of two months ago and they're turning on at 62 her social security next month and it wasn't a good time for me to say to them you know we should look at extending this because they were actually putting in an offer for a house because they're selling their house in Covina California and they want to move up here to the central coast but yeah I mean she's probably been um, pulling little chain links out of her paper mache 
Is that what it's called? The chain link thing? She's probably been tearing away rings for the last 365 days so that she could collect from Social Security. But listen to our Social Security podcast, listeners. We've got a great bit about how you can make return on investment the longer you push that Social Security income out. Yeah, I mean, you know, the people are taking a 25% loss by taking it at 62. I mean, we'll just make that pretty pretty easy to calculate. But dude, go over and check out that show. But, you know, it's crazy. And that's not like a market risk. That's something you can control. No, that's just, that's like, it's a guaranteed return that you're just giving up. Right. You know, utilize other assets and things or don't retire too soon. Work for a few more years, push it out. Exactly. Uh, The Society of Actuaries actually went out and did a study and found that uh, 67% of Americans are underestimating their current life expectancy by at least five years. Wow. Five years. That's a lot. Yeah. Especially like if you're living out here in California and your monthly bills are five, six grand a month. Woo. You know, that's a decent chunk of change. We've got to figure out where is that money going to come from? Right. We need to look at inflation built into this as well. Cost of living adjustments. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there, there's so many things in five years could absolutely devastate a financial plan. So, you know, go back to uh, mistake number five that we talked about last show. Have a plan. Right. Right. Have I mean, a plan that's living, breathing too. Yeah. Know, something that can. Contingency can, plan. Exactly. Exactly. Something that can kind of change. And, you know, unless you have absolutely no choice but to retire, you know, whether it be like health problems or some type of disability, that I totally understand. That's probably something we can work through. We might need to make some adjustments, though, reduce yep. some expenses, things like that to yep. do that. Um, but, you know, that's something here at the, the Smart Retirement Podcast. We're always happy to kind of help you through. But uh, Absolutely. So that's number six and number seven. It rolls um, right into number eight. It does, but we're going to take a break real quick. Okay. And when we come back from the break, we'll go through the last three topics of our top 10 retirement mistakes show. So thank you for listening. We'll be right back. Hey guys, Mike Points, co-host of Smart Retirement Podcast and a licensed loan officer. Let me ask you a question. When is the last time you sat down with your mortgage officer to discuss how your mortgage is going to affect you during retirement or how the current products and laws out there now are different from when you originally got your mortgage? Allow my team of retirement specialists and myself to put together a proposal for you that shows all of the different products and options you have right now. This is something we can implement in the next one to two months that helps you improve your current situation. If you're not able to remove your mortgage payment with your current mortgage, if you're not able to tap into the liquidity, and if you're not able to prepare better for healthcare costs, I want to show you how we can do that. So please contact me by calling 866-53-RETIRE, option two. Once again, that's 866-53-RETIRE, option two, or contact me at info at smartretirementcast.com. Look forward to hearing from you soon. And MLS number 1246224. Do you have enough money saved for retirement? How much is enough? Let's put things in perspective. It's estimated that you'll need roughly $250,000 in retirement just for medical expenses. So think about that number again. If you need some help, talk to Century Financial Consultants today and create a complimentary financial master plan that will show you exactly how long your money will last and give you peace of mind. Give Century Financial Consultants a call today at 623-428-9976. That's 623-428-9976.
righty, we're back. We've got the last three of the top 10 mistakes we're going over. That'd be eight, nine, and 10. Um, while we were in the break, uh, Matt was reminding me that, you know, we've had we've had some good success with our recent podcast. I want to thank you listeners for that. Um, if you can subscribe on any of our podcast channels, um, obviously, you know, of Apple's podcast, if you own a Apple phone, but there are other podcasts we also have. You can look us up on iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Google, um, just about anything you can think of. Or if you want something just really simple, just go to smartretirementcast.com. You can hit the episodes tab and you can actually play all of our podcasts right on our website. Um, like my dad, for instance, he's, he's in his mid seventies and he's like, Matt, how do I log on to listen to a podcast? I'm like, you know, dad, it's really simple, but why don't you just do this? You know how to go to a website, just go to smartretirementcast.com. And as I upload episodes, you can see it in there. Yeah. It was like fantastic. So we have a decent amount of listenership that is actually still just jumping on our website and listening to it. Right. But, um, yeah, Apple, Google, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, uh, all pretty good stuff there. It was actually pretty neat. I was looking at iHeartRadio. We're still trending towards the top um, for podcasts. I mean, if you just type in retirement in their search bar, we're on there. That's awesome. Crazy. I remember that was like four, four or five episodes ago. We just got approved by them. Yeah, that was really And exciting. you can send send the link to your parents. I mean, if you're listening to this podcast and you're thinking, you know, some of this stuff's really cool, but it doesn't apply to me yet, or maybe it applies to you, but you're thinking more of how it applies to your parents send them our link and have them subscribe. We, we want to add as many people to this community as we can. So getting right back into it, Matt, retirement mistake number eight, underestimating your future cost of living. And these are all kind of falling into the same bucket now as we've been talking about. Yep. It seems like redundancy, right? Don't just expect that retirement's going to go one way. You know? No kidding. When you are a baseball team, you have a starting pitcher. Yep. But you've got a relief bullpen because, yeah, and then you probably have a backup too, just in case someone gets injured, right? Yeah, and you've got a closer, <laughs> right? And you want to use that closer because you're probably winning and you're using him to close out the game. But many times in life, when you go to your relief pitcher or your second plan or third plan, it still doesn't work. So underestimating future cost of living, I think the best way to combat this is, no pun intended, start with a ballpark number. You know, really kind of get an idea. There's a general rule is, um, you know, 65 to 70% of your budget uh, of your current household budget should be fixed. You know, it should be an, uh, a number you can count on. Right. There's going to be varying numbers. There's going to be months where you go to Hawaii. There's going to be months where the nephews come or the, the grandkids come to stay with you and you're going to keep your pool heated longer than you would because you want them playing in the pool. Sure. Those types of things are going to happen, but you really want to hone in a good ballpark number. Um, you know, and guess high too. I mean, that's another thing that I always try to tell people when we're putting yeah. plans together is overestimate your expenses almost and, you know, give yourself that little bit of a cushion. Uh, that way, when you do have those scenarios, you've got the extra funds and things sitting around to to be able to accomplish that. So, Do you have a calculator that you use, a budget calculator? You know, normally what we'll do for our budgeting, I've got a really great worksheet that's a two-page sheet they go through. They okay. kind of fill it out. And then I usually will increase whatever they told me by probably about 20, 15 to 20%. Okay. Just to be safe. And you then what I'll do is I separate the fixed expenses. Um, like a, and when I say fixed expense, I mean, I mean like a, um, 
Uh, like a, well, no, like a mortgage expense. Okay, we yep. know what that payment's going to be. Uh, a car payment. So those expenses kind of go in there, and then everything else goes in. And I usually use anywhere from a two and a half to three percent inflationary factor. That way, when we're looking at their plan, it actually is going to tell them, okay, over your life expectancy, your expenses are going up. That's not terrific. necessarily because you're spending more money. It's because the cost of goods are going up. Yeah. Right. So. Yes, there is a formula that I use when when we're putting that type of stuff together. So yeah, and and keep and work in your formulas the things that are hobbies to you. You know, things that you really love. Like for me, I'm not going to just stop um, playing golf. Right. You know, I'm probably going to spend about three to three fifty a month on golf for green fees. You know, every once in a while, I hit a ball into the water. I got to replace that thing. <laughs> yeah. You know, golf cleats, stuff like that. Get a little bit nerdy about it, but in in that you would figure what your annual expenses would be and then divide them by 12. Yeah, see, I don't get to go out and golf as often as you do, Mike, because I'm not nearly as good. So I have to pay, I have to account for the expense of all the extra golf balls I have to go out and buy. Right. Because I usually le- lose a sleeve or two when I'm right. out on the track. Of and I have to pay a round of cocktail fees when I hit a hole in one. Right. So right. you got to factor all those little things in. Yes, I like it. Yeah. And so, uh, all right. So moving on to number nine, putting savings in the wrong places. Love this one because I've, I've seen people do it. I've done it myself. I'm constantly analyzing, like, should I be putting more money towards my mortgage? Yeah. You know, should I be putting more money? I have a home equity line of credit. So every time I pay that balance down, I can use it again if I want to, Matt. But there are other saving expenses, too, especially ones you see when people come to you like, you know, $100,000 in some CD or things of that nature, right? Yeah. I mean, when we're looking at putting savings in the wrong places, um, I think fear creates this issue for most people. And we either see two mistakes, right? We've got the people that are afraid of the stock market because they've seen it in 2000 and then 2008. And they just are like, oh my goodness, I cannot lose any of my money. I get it. But there's ways that you can participate in the market and not have any of those types of losses um, but you know, but a still lot of these have people a respectable are, game. Yeah. But a lot of these people are just running out and putting a huge amount of their portfolios, uh, and savings in, in, into fixed accounts that aren't paying anything that are barely keeping up with inflation. Okay. So whether they know it or not, they're going backwards. They're right. still losing money. Right. Um, you know, so yeah, the inflation risk is one that becomes, I would say that's like a graduate level conversation for savers. Sure. Because they're thinking, sure, I mean, inflation's a thing, but I'm not. I'm looking at it now. Yeah. I want to make sure I got my money now. Yeah. I'm not at risk. I'm not like the guy next door that said he lost 10% on Apple last month. Sure. But the fact of the matter is inflation's like an ocean current. It's Mm -hmm. always moving. It might be on a slow draw. Right. You know, if you're doing this and you're starting in your late 50s, early 60s and mm-hmm. go in that direction with the savings account, the things are, unless you start out with a lot of money. Right. Okay. Full disclosure. If you start out with a lot of money and your expenses are minimal, you'll probably be okay. Inflation doesn't bug you. Yeah, well. it shouldn't. Um, but congratulations. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but it's definitely something you want to keep, in, you know, keep aware of and be looking at. Yeah. You know, the other thing that, um, that comes up is the people that didn't start saving real early on. 
And so now we're towards the end of our working years and we're just throwing a ton of money into savings. Good for you. Glad you've got the money to save it. But they're running into things that are extremely high risk to get a high rate of return because they think they need to catch up. Right. And nine times out of 10, what's going to happen there is you go too risky and you're back almost in the same position as our people that started with the savings account. Right. So it's a, I don't want to say a vicious cycle, but it's one of these things that you got to be aware of and don't let fear get the best of you in retirement. Yeah. You know, let an expert, you know, the, the biggest thing I like to say is you retire once, I retire people every day. Yeah. Right. So let someone like myself come in there and show you the way of how to do these types of things. So um, again, our number 866-53-RETIRE. Option one is to to speak to me, Matt Hollander with Century Financial. Or if you hit option two, you get the lovely Mike Points with Central Coast Lending. And, you know, take the time out of your day and become a little bit more educated. You're obviously concerned about topics. You're wanting to learn more about what you can do in retirement. That's why you're listening to our show after all. Right. But go the next step. It's not going to cost you anything. There's no obligation to do it. But just get a little bit more personalized yep. uh, attention and, and, and education uh, to kind of help you and your family get through retirement. So. Yeah, I don't want to say this. I want to say this the right way. But any of our listeners that call in, I mean, don't you get excited when you get a listener that calls in? Oh, it's awesome. Yeah. it's So you're doing us a favor that helps justify that we're not only helping this community learn the right things and be more aware of how to retire wisely. But the Smart Retirement Podcast for us, I mean, make no mistake, we're in business to grow our business. Absolutely. And, and we don't care if you know, you're starting out just now to start saving for retirement or you've got $10 million. I'll work with just about anyone and right. help educate you. Right. And I think that's important. A lot of people are like, oh, I don't have enough money to call in. That's not what this is about. We're trying to be here to to be educational for you. Yeah, don't disqualify yourself. Uh, We're very approachable guys, and we do like the planning part. I think one of the reasons where this show excites us is because it just supplements our planning that we already do with our clients. So before we get into mistake number 10, which uh, we'll we'll speak of here, and it's kind of the scary one, if you will, and I think that'll be good to kind of segment into for our next show after this. But let's just review so retirement mistake number one was succumbing to the post-retirement spending spike. So that was the, you know, the we, hey, am free, the, baby. The we am free, you know, we retired, we're spending all this money now. Yeah. Uh, number two was keeping too many cars, mm-hmm. right? We talked about that. Jay Leno. Yep. <laughs> 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 Moving at the wrong time. Yeah. Um, you know, that was a big one. Uh, getting sold or scammed into services you don't need. Right. right? That one was pretty pretty interesting. And then, you know, number five on the last show was not having a plan, right? I think we've, I've even been able to touch back at that throughout most of this show. Right. Because if we had to pick one thing on any of this, I think planning comes down to probably one of the most crucial things because it'll solve all the rest of this. Without a plan, you're planning to fail. Yeah. So number six, downsizing too soon. Number seven, retiring too soon. Number eight was underestimating your future cost of living. Number nine, putting savings in the wrong places. And number 10 is going to be underestimating medical expenses. My wife is a nurse practitioner. You know this, Matt. She's been in the healthcare industry for 10 years. And she is just absolutely flabbergasted by how much this 
industry, cost for services, some of the waste that goes on in the industry. I mean, it's just unpredictable how much medical expenses could be because of all the things that go wrong. Yep. And as a human being in this country, you know, we're always kind of like, you know, we're fine. We're going to be fine. You know, everything. Yeah, it's not going to happen to me. It's going to happen yeah. to the guy next door to me. Yeah, I'm you know, fine. So it's not me. I don't need to go to the doctor because the doctor's just going to tell me I'm fine. I don't need to spend $1,500 for a test. Yeah. But then all of a sudden, you may not be fine. Well, I'm going to, I'm sure some of the listeners have heard it on, on our commercials and things that I do. Um, but the average retiree is going to spend upwards of $250,000 in retirement just for medical expenses. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. You know, and that doesn't even include that scary word of long-term care. Right. Right. So long-term care is the, the poster child of the, it won't happen to me. Right. Um, but if you're at the, I think at the, the age is 72. So if you hit age 72, you have a 50% chance of needing some type of long-term care. Yeah. Now, whether that be home health care or going to the, uh, not wanting to talk about nursing home yeah, um, or something in between, right. there will be some type of additional care that you can't receive in a hospital type of facility. Um, so that's something that's kind of scary. And, you know, there's lots of studies it's out there scary. that people are not prepared for this. Yeah. And, you know, like here in California, the average cost of long-term care is upwards of $9,000 a month. Um, in Arizona, it's hovering right around $8,000 a month. That's a lot of money to be shelling out when on top of your, your normal living expenses. And, right. you know, a lot of people don't want to run out and get a long-term care insurance policy because, again, either A, they don't think they're going to need it, or two, um, they're like, yeah, you know, I don't want to pay into something that I never use, mm -hmm. right? And that's that, that stinks, right? Because that was in the 10 years ago, you buy a long-term care policy and you pay into it for... 10, 20 years, whatever, if you didn't use it, you lost it, mm -hmm. right? Some of these insurance companies have gotten smart with that and created ways to have death benefits and things. So there's still a value to you should you not use the policies. So something to look out for there. Um, you know, it's scary. Only 6% of our nation has any type of long-term care insurance, 6%. You know, part of that is too, I've, I've been, I've witnessed this, the assumptions that the American consumer makes as to like what Medi-Cal pays for yeah. or Medicare yep. or that, you know, I mean, I, I worked for 30 years, so I, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm entitled to it. I'm sure my I'm health insurance get. is going to yep. cover this. It's, it's a supplemental. And I think, you know, it goes perfectly into the way you sit down with clients, Matt, and talk things. And what I would like to just pepper in now is it's exactly why I bring up reverse mortgages with those that are 70 years old or older. Absolutely. It's not because I want you to start negatively amortizing your mortgage, meaning running the interest up against the value of your home so that your loved ones get less money. It has nothing to do with that. It has everything to do with, hey, look, if you want, still make the interest payments on the reverse mortgage, but mm -hmm. give yourself a no questions asked for the, the extent of your life, a quick pass to the equity in your home. Give yourself a checkbook that can start writing a big deposit to this nursing home and monthly income. And then guess what? If we can see after eight to 12 months that mom's not coming out of that home, we can sell the property, pay off the balance, sure. keep the rest of the assets in our hands and pay for mom 
out of cash or we can keep the reverse mortgage going. Right. You know, and that all comes back to my have a plan. Right. Right. Um, you know, have a plan for these types of things, whether it be utilizing a reverse mortgage. Great idea there. Um, you know, looking into long term care insurance. You know, the, the one thing I hear from a lot of people is, well, you know, we waited to do long term care insurance, but we're at an age or health now that we can't qualify for it. Right. Your health right? helps you qualify. It, absolutely. But they've they've designed new products now to that you can almost qualify with with almost any health condition. And with that, that's where I'm going to end the show today. Because for our next show, we're going to do a Halloween-type spirit because we'll be right before Halloween. Yeah. And we're going to do a show about the scary costs of medical costs in retirement, whether it be long-term care or just general medical expenses. I think it's going to be a very educational show and enlightening for some uh, that really have no idea what types of costs might be involved there. So, yeah. We appreciate you listening today. Um, as always, feel free to reach out to us at uh, 866-53-RETIRE with any questions or shoot us an email at info at smartretirementcast.com. Uh, Mike, anything you'd like to add before we wrap up our top 10 mistakes retirees make? That's it. That's it. Just once again, I want to thank the listeners for all of your support. Um, please jump on our Facebook page, The Weeks In Between our podcast coming out because you know we come out every other tuesday right matt yes sir we are posting articles that we think are relevant to support some of the stuff we're talking on the show so you know like and subscribe to that facebook page we're going to send you an article either two to four articles in between so look those over i think that's good content all right smart retirees let's go out and make the rest of our lives the best of our lives thanks for listening the opinions voiced in this podcast are for general information only and are not intended to provide or construed as providing specific investment advice. Any economic forecast set forth in this podcast may not develop as predicted, and there can be no guarantee the strategies promoted will be successful. All performance reference is historical and is no guarantee of future results. Investing involves risks, including the potential loss of principal. No investment strategy or risk management technique can guarantee return or eliminate risk in all market environments. Thanks for tuning into this podcast. California license number 0175638 and MLS number 1246224.